I'm going to invite Luke to come up and speak to us now and just help explain some of the reasons why we can say how good our God is. Good morning, everyone. Um, oh, that was very, that was great. Well done. Good energy. My name's Luke. I'm one of the leaders here at Life Church. It's really excellent to be able to come together and celebrate Easter this morning. Hello. Thank you for that special hello, Carter. <laughs> um, kids, do you have a, a particular thing where you're looking for words as we go along or looking for facts? Oh, okay. I hope I say the right things then to make sure you can tick that off. Um, if you're visiting us this morning, um, particularly welcome again. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm so pleased you're here with us. I hope you enjoy hearing the Easter story. I hope you enjoy eating some hot cross buns, of which I'm very much looking forward to. But more than all of that, I pray that you would come to meet the living Jesus who knows you by name. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Glow. It's brilliant to have an all-in service. So Glow, you're with us this morning. If you're usually in primary school, can I get a caca? That's not very good. Can I get a caca? Oh, so sweet. Okay, youth, it's good to have you in as well in this all-age service. I won't make you do anything quite as embarrassing. If you're in secondary school, if you're in secondary school, um, on three, I want you to imagine that I've just asked you to tidy your room, okay? And I want the kind of most deep teenage uh, you can ever muster up, okay? Because you're annoyed I've just asked you to tidy your room. So on three, can I hear that? One, two, three. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of you seem to be much more happy to tidy a room than I remember being as a teenager, apart from Liz, who... Um, <laughs> I wasn't aware I was a teenager, but thank you, Liz. Um, brilliant. This morning is a really special morning because we're going to be reflecting and looking back to that very first Easter morning. A morning when the disciples of Jesus came to the tomb and realised it was empty. A morning that was surprising, amazing, confusing, worrying but a morning that changed everything. And we're gonna be looking at that special morning through the eyes of someone who was there. And her name is Mary Magdalene. And so we're gonna be reading through the Bible. And we're gonna be reading through John chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, do not worry because various members of the church family have recorded different parts of the Bible reading. And our good friend, Glow Joe, has put together a little animation for us. Um, so... We, oh, don't give him that much applause. Don't, don't encourage him. It only encourages him. Okay. Um, <laughs> brilliant. So we're going to listen to the first part of the Easter account now. So let's all open our listening ears, including you grown-ups, and let's listen to the first bit of the Easter story. John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. We love a good holiday, don't we? Put your hands up if you've got two weeks of school holidays right now. Um, so yeah, I know some of you adults do as well. Well, even for us grown-ups... Even for us grown-ups, the Easter weekend is really good because we have two bank holidays. We have two extra days and many of us get off. Now, why do we have two? Well, because there are two special days over the weekend that we celebrate. 
The first is today, Easter Sunday, but the other happened two days ago and it was called Good Friday. Now we call it Good Friday because we know the ending of the story. But for our friend Mary, that Friday was anything but good. Why? Because Jesus had just been killed. Mary knew Jesus really, really well. It was actually at the lowest point in Mary's life that she met Jesus. And Jesus had freed her and healed her from terrible things that were wrecking her life. And so totally transformed by Jesus, she gave her whole life to follow him. But now Jesus was gone. It felt like Mary's life was over. Her friend, her saviour, her Lord, he was gone. And so we start the Easter morning account where we see Mary Magdalene, who loved Jesus, going to his tomb two days after he'd been killed to pay her respects. But what she finds totally shocks her. The tomb is open. A massive stone was rolled in front of it so no one could go in, but it's been pushed back. And when she looks in, it's totally empty. She doesn't know what to do. She's panicking. She's worried. She's, she's incredibly upset. And so she runs and finds two of Jesus's other followers, uh, Peter and John. He's not called John there, but um, that's John, Peter and John. And she says, what do we do? And so let's listen again and let's find out what happens next in the Easter account. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. So Mary runs and finds Peter and John. And Peter and John sprint back as quickly as they can to go and see for themselves what Mary was talking about. And they get to the tomb. They look in. They see the body missing. They're amazed and they believe. They believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. And they believe that because of what they'd seen. So what was it that Peter and John had seen? Well, firstly, there was a massive boulder that was closing the tomb. It had been put there by the Roman guards and that needed to be moved by some really strong men to move it out of the way. And yet it had been moved. So how had it been moved? Well, maybe a group of Roman soldiers pushed it away. Maybe they stole Jesus's body, but surely not. Because when Jesus's disciples run around saying, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. Well, the Romans would just say, no, he isn't. We can prove it. So they saw the big stone rolled away. What else did they see? They saw that the tomb was empty. There was no body left lying there. Actually, instead what they found was a bunch of grave clothes, linen cloth that had been around someone's body, Jesus's body, 
but now were neatly folded where he lay, almost as if his body had just got up and passed through them. They saw and they believed. They believed that Jesus, he was killed, very much had died, and yet now was alive again. You see, many people then and now have many different explanations for what happened on that first Easter Sunday morning. But Jesus' disciples really believed that he had risen from the dead. They believed it so much that those same disciples, many of them would be killed themselves for preaching that Jesus lived. Peter and John saw and they believed, but what about our friend Mary? What happened to Mary right at the end of the video? Does anyone remember? What was Mary doing right at the end of the video? She was crying. Peter and John, they believed, they were amazed, they ran back, but Mary stayed there crying and crying. Yeah, that's a good impression. Um, you see, she saw the same facts that Peter and John saw. Mary saw the empty tomb. Mary saw the missing body. Mary saw the grave clothes folded. But knowing the facts wasn't enough for Mary. Do you know there's a big difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus? Some of you might know a lot about Jesus. Some of you might go to GLOW every single week. You sing all the songs. You know all the stories. You listen very intently to Detective Justin Case and all that he teaches about Jesus. Some of you are at secondary school and maybe you take religious studies and you know a lot about Jesus. You can pass most of your tests. You can quote the verses the textbooks tell you to quote and you can understand what the Christian arguments are for various ethical topics. Maybe some of you grew up in church. At a push, you could probably tell me the Lord's Prayer. Maybe once or twice a year when washing up, you start humming, how great thou art, when you're remembering an old hymn that you used to sing. But there's a big difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. And you see, Mary wasn't content knowing about Jesus. She wanted to know Jesus, to be with him again to sit with her friend, her Lord, her teacher, to hear his voice, to let him say, it's all gonna be okay because I'm with you. That's what knowing someone is. Knowing is a relationship. The facts are important. They're really, really important, but they weren't enough for Mary. Let's listen again to the next bit of the Easter account. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. So Mary had seen the facts. The big stone rolled away. The tomb empty, but she was still weeping. And then she looked in the tomb again, and what did she find but two angels? Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of angels. Joe's done a lovely picture of two stick men with halos, but you might think of a cute little naked baby with wings like Cupid. But the Bible's picture of an angel 
will probably make you want to wet yourself. Because when you see an angel, the first thing angels usually had to say was, don't be afraid. They were big, shiny, angelic beings. And two of them were sitting where Jesus's body was meant to be. And so Mary meets these angels, these powerful beings from heaven. And yet she seems to not even be phased by them because she is so focused on her question, where is Jesus's body? Please, can someone tell me where they've taken Jesus to? Mary is so sad because she doesn't know where he's gone. Maybe you've experienced something of the power of God in your life. Maybe you've been to a big Christian festival like New Day or something else where thousands of people are worshipping God and it feels incredible and you think, wow, what have I just experienced? Maybe you have a neighbour or a friend who wasn't a Christian, but it seems like when they started following Jesus, their life transformed in a way you can't really explain. Maybe you yourself has been prayed for. And an injury or a sickness or something in your family has changed. And it seemed to correspond to when you were prayed for. Maybe you have experienced something of the power of God in your life. That's wonderful. That's fantastic. But it's not the point. Because the power always points to a person. Mary had just experienced two angels. But she wanted Jesus. Mary knew the facts, she'd experienced the power, but Mary wasn't satisfied until she had the person. She wanted to be with Jesus again. Okay, let's watch and listen to the final part of the Easter story before we end. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. It can be annoying when someone asks you a question with a really obvious answer, can't it? Maybe you've just turned up at school and someone says to you, why are your clothes wet? When there's a storm outside, then they walk to school in the same storm. Maybe worse, a parent comes in and says to you, have you done the washing up yet? When they know you haven't, they're just seeing if you'll admit it. It can be annoying when people ask us questions with obvious answers. Well, Mary had just turned away from seeing these two angels and she finds a person in the garden and she thinks, well, maybe this is the gardener and maybe finally someone can tell me where Jesus's body is. And yet this man asks her a question which seems a bit odd. Why are you crying? For Mary, it's the most obvious answer in the world. She's standing next to a tomb. The tomb was full of the person who meant the most to her out of everyone in the world. This was where Jesus was meant to be and Jesus was gone. Her Jesus was gone. Of course she was crying. 
And then the man asks the second question. He says, whom are you seeking? Who are you looking for? He asks. Now, the second question had just an, as obvious an answer as the first to Mary. She was looking for Jesus, or at least for his body. But she didn't realise the person who she was speaking to, Jesus, though not dead, but alive. If you were looking for Jesus, what would you expect to find? Maybe a wise teacher. Maybe an uptight, rule-driven religious leader. Maybe a myth or a Marvel superhero. Maybe just a nice bedtime story that Christians tell themselves to get to sleep at night. Mary expected that when she found Jesus, she would just find his body. And so, Mary's expectations were all wrong. And because Mary's expectations were all wrong, when she looked Jesus in the eye, she didn't even realise it was him. Because her expectations were all wrong, when she finally met the one she was looking for, she didn't even realise it. So what was it that opened Mary's eyes? We'll end on this. What was it that opened Mary's eyes? What made her realise it was Jesus? It was this. Jesus said her name. He said her name in the way that only Jesus could say her name. The way that a friend, the way that that person who knows you so well can say your name. Jesus turned to her and even though she didn't recognise him, he probably looked different from before he was crucified, but she looked at him in the eye, didn't recognise him until he said, Mary. And when he said her name, she suddenly realised, oh my goodness, the one I was looking for is standing in front of me. I thought I was coming here to find his body, but I've come and found him. What will you find if you meet with Jesus? You will find the one who knows you by name. The one who knows you better than you know yourself. The one who loves you, who made you, who has a purpose for you, the one who died and now lives forever. My dear friends, Jesus wants to meet with you. Jesus wants to meet with you. And if you only know about Jesus, he wants you to know him. And if you've only ever experienced the power of God, he wants you to see that the power is pointing to a person and is pointing to him. He wants you to know him because he knows you. If you don't think you know Jesus, but you really want to, ask him. Just ask him. Say, Jesus, I want to know you. Then I'd probably recommend find someone like me or a friend you came with, a Christian, who can help you know what the steps, the first steps of following Jesus looks like. Because Jesus knows your name and he wants to meet you. On Easter Sunday, we celebrate this. The tomb was empty because Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And better news than that too is Jesus is alive and he knows your name. Amen. We're going to, um, what we're going to do is we're going to spend 
15 seconds, I was a youth leader for seven years, so I know how long attention spans can be. 15 seconds in quiet or relative quiet, and we're gonna let, just reflect on that. And then my good friends, Tim and Kim, are gonna lead us in some response and prayer. So let's just be quiet for 15 seconds and reflect. Amen. Brilliant. Well, let's hand over to Tim and Kim as they lead us in the response. Um, There's an amazing promise in the Bible that that Paul gives in Philippians. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But controversially this morning, I've got question marks about that. Because clearly Paul never, ever tried to make paper mache eggs before. I found something in life that I'm not very good at. Apart from swimming, I cannot make paper mache eggs. I tried my hardest and they look more like chocolate prunes by the end of it. So uh, unfortunately, I don't have really fancy chocolate paper mache eggs, but I'm going to need some help. So I'm going to need five people to come up who think they can pop the balloon as quietly as possible. So I need five people. Yeah? Do you want to come up? Do you want to both come up and do one? Yeah? Oh, you come in, come in then, Jack. Josh as well, yeah? Phoebe, come on then. Should we get Paul Graham up? Yeah, come on then, Paul. Iona, yes. So, pretend these are eggs. Try and pop it as quietly as possible. Don't know how you're going to do that, but Okay. Should we give you a countdown? So, three, two, one, then you'll pop it. Yeah? So, three, two, one, pop it. Oh, well done. Iona's already done it. Ah. Oh. And then there there should be something inside of them. Oh, yes. Well done, Zach. Can you see over there? Oh, yes. So there is something inside. So if, once you find your thing inside, can you hold it up so everyone can see? So we've got some letters. Whoa, well done, Phoebe. So can, can everyone see these letters? So turn them so everyone can see them. These make two words, okay? Can anyone guess what two words we're going to make? Axi, Smake, Meeks. Liz is speaking in tongues, that's lovely. <laughs> Anyone idea? I'll give you a clue. It's three letters and then two letters. Should we ask Liz? What is it? Okay, what is it? Yes, ask me. Right, so let's get them in a line then. So who's got the A? Josh, do you want to come this side? So we have Josh with an A, and then Zach next to Josh, and then Paul. So ask Iona, me, and then Phoebe E. Ask me. So we are going to pray five prayers. And I've got some wonderful volunteers. So if the volunteers want to come up, and they're linked to what we've heard today. So the first letter was an A, and that is stands for alive because actually none of us would be here if Jesus hadn't beaten death and wasn't alive again 
the S. Jesus sees us. He saw Mary. K, Luke said it lots of times. Do you remember? He knows my name and he calls us to know him. And then Iona is a M and that he wants to meet with us. And then the greatest gift Phoebe represents and that's eternal life. So we're going we're gonna to read this. So A. Thank you for the special time of Easter when we celebrate Jesus being alive and him beating death. Help us to fully understand the effect of the Easter story on the world and us. Amen. S. Thank you, Jesus, that you are always looking out for us. Thank you that when we are lonely, you bring us company. Help us to love people as you love us and to be comforted that you see all things. Okay, thank you that you know us and call us by name and adopt us into your family. Help us to live our lives knowing our Father in heaven by name. Thank you that you meet us in our pain and in our problems and in our joys. Help us to want to meet with you every day in these meetings to change our lives for the better. Thank you for the greatest gift that we could ever receive in our gift of eternal life. Thank you that it gives us hope for the future. Help us to live with the freedom your eternal life brings. Amen. So can we give these guys a round of applause? And uh, yeah, thank you, God. Oh, good. So good to, um, to listen to what uh, Luke has brought um, about what... Yeah, what it means that Jesus is alive, that Jesus didn't just stay dead in that tomb, but he, he rose to life again and that we can meet with him personally and that he wants to meet with us personally. We're going to respond. Thank you, Tim, for, for leading us in that, in that response of a prayer of just talking, of just talking to God. We're going to respond in some songs as well. So I'm going to invite the band to come up and lead us. We'll give them a, a few seconds. So we're going to have about two or three songs, three songs to, uh, to finish, and then we can break for some hot cross buns. So let's, let's stand to our feet. We've heard lots that we can celebrate this morning. I love that the Ask Me finished with eternal life. And that's what this all means to us. This is not just something about our next day or our next week. This is about eternity and where we get to spend eternity. And I am just so looking forward to spending eternity with a beautiful saviour, with a beautiful person who is willing to lay down their everything for me, with someone who will stop at nothing to reach out to me, who with such compassion and kindness speaks my name in a way that is special to me. He knows me in only that, in, yeah, he knows me in a way that only he can. I'm looking forward to eternity with him. Let's praise together.